if all of your income stopped at any given point for a few months, you're able to cover expenses so your business doesn't completely shut down. So that is like your emergency, your last last little bit that you go to um, your business savings is for things like oh hey look i found a course that i want to take now let's pull from that hey welcome to the global network i'm montana valverde a former professional dancer turned mindset mentor and i am obsessed with all things self-growth network marketing health and helping you tap into your personal power before we jump into the episode be sure to click subscribe so that you never miss a minute of the show thank you for spending some time with me today now let's dive in Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Global Network. I am joined today by someone who is, I believe, a literal genius. She's so kind, so considerate, and a master of finances. Lorianne, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. Hi, Montana. I'm so excited to be on here. We are so grateful to learn from you. And I just want to give you guys a quick background on Lorianne. So she is a virtual bookkeeper and CFO for the creative entrepreneur. Her goal is to literally bridge the gap between traditional accountants and business owners. She has over 25 plus clients in the industry. She has the insight and experience to help you up level your business while removing the stress and burden of managing your finances. Whether you are just starting out or you have been in your business for years, her mission is to help creatives feel peace about their finances while growing their profit and confidence. So what a better way than to start this next season that we're in by learning how to take full ownership of our finances. And Lorianne, I'm just honored and even more grateful that we have somebody who is so passionate about this topic to be able to share with our listeners. For many people, like finances are an icky, maybe uncomfortable thing to discuss and share. And so I think it's so cool that you know you are helping ease the burden of finances for people. You're here to make it more effortless and just basically erase the ick when it comes to, to finances in general and especially in business. So we would like to know a little bit just to get started. Tell us about you know why you got into bookkeeping and um, where the passion kind of came from. Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having me on here. Um, I grew up in like entrepreneurial family, my parents and actually both my parents, they had businesses growing up. And so I, it was kind of like, like I was just born into what I do. Um, and my mom did a lot of the bookkeeping for the businesses that they had. And, um, I mean, I always had a passion for numbers. I always liked math and everything. So I was just like, I, I want to start learning. So I had like kind of shadowed her for a while. And then I thought I wanted to go into the traditional accounting path. And um, I started on that route. I got hired on an accounting firm and I realized like, you know what, like there are business owners that still are confused about their finances. Um, they would come to the accounting firm every year to do their taxes and they were still then left throughout the year and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to manage their money. They didn't know what the accountant was telling them to do besides, okay, yeah, here's your taxes, they're filed. And then this is what you owe, or this is what you're getting back. Um, and so I decided I wanted to help support the business owners more than just filing the taxes. So I left there, went back and worked for my parents' companies, which I still um, do their bookkeeping. And then I started into this and so slowly started getting more clients. And then I just kind of fell into the online space and that's where I'm at right now. And specifically to help serve creative entrepreneurs. Cause a lot of times creatives, they don't feel super confident about their finances and that's what I want to help them with. So that was kind of 
that's a long story short, but that's pretty much how I got started. Oh, I love that. You literally did find a gap in the industry. And it's so true. Like I even being a small business owner, when I got started just last year had literally, or even in network marketing, I had no idea about how to file my taxes, what kinds of things I was supposed to be saving, you know, how to just basically manage my business in general on that side of things. And it truly is so helpful when you have resources or people like yourself, like around you who can teach you these kinds of things. Like, I think what you're doing is so powerful because there are more, there are so many more people starting businesses now, I would say even post pandemic, and they still don't have those skills or they don't have the people around them where they can learn. Um, and so I think that for those of you who are listening to this right now, if you are struggling in any way with your finances, you can click the link in the show notes to go check out Lorianne on Instagram um, and reach out to her and tell her like, Hey, I need help because she's here to help you. She's here to help support you. And she has amazing resources, which we'll talk about later on in the show about how you can get connected with her and also work with her too. So my next question as well is, um, what, what would you say is the number one mistake that small business owners make with their finances when they start their business? So like right out the gate, someone starts a business in network marketing, or they start their own, they, they build their own online course, or they start something in general. Like what is the number one mistake that you see most people making, um, when they're just getting started? I would say it's probably not taking your business as an actual business, not like, it's almost goes back to not believing in yourself. Like, okay, not believing like, okay, this is going to be a business. It's going to grow into something um, because you need to have your personal and business finances separate. And that would be the number one mistake. But like I said, it goes back to believing in like, okay, this is going to actually become a business and grow into something. So first off, before you do anything, you need to separate your business expenses and your personal expenses and finances. Um, and that's even before you start making income in your business. So you might start be like investing in, um, coaches and Kajabi and Canva, just any like little subscriptions or whatever. Um, those are all expenses for your business and you need to start out right away. Um, and so it would be separating those out. And then same thing with, um, setting yourself up as an LLC. Um, I truly believe like that's the first step that like, I mean, you do need to have your business and finance, personal finances separate, but then with that comes having an LLC set up to protect your personal assets. Um, because once you have all of that set up, then it's easy to go through, um, and really do your bookkeeping without having to to go through all of your like bank statements and seeing like, Oh wait, what was this like transaction back in like April of last year? Was it a business or a personal transaction? And then it's hard to do that it takes time and it causes a lot of anxiety that we don't need to have around finances. And then also, um, when you have them combined, it makes it very easy to miss out on key deductions for your taxes. Yes, so true. And I learned this firsthand because I was somebody who in the very beginning did not do that for the first three months of my business. Well, I had it registered, but I hadn't done two separate bank accounts. And so I was constantly stressed out because I knew that, um, you know, it was going to potentially cause me any kind of headache, some sort of headache in the long run. And so I immediately went, got a separate bank account for, and then obviously started splitting things up. And now come this tax season, holy crap, everything is so much 
easier. But I just want to reassure you guys who are listening to this right now that if you have not already been doing that, it's never too late to start. Okay. So I don't want you to think like, oh, well, I didn't do that at the beginning of the year, or I didn't do that when I first started. So now it's too late. It's not too late. Go out there and start taking action now um, and get connected with those who um, can help support you, AKA Lorianne, or even you can reach out to myself about my own past experience too. I am not a certified accountant. I want to say that right now. Um, and I am not someone who you should be taking legal advice from in any way, but I can share my own personal experience with you. So moving on to our next question. Um, can you explain the difference between setting up an LLC and a sole proprietor and maybe kind of a little bit about the benefits of each one and the pros and cons maybe? Yeah. And I do want to touch on the last question a little bit too, is, um, with setting up your bank account, there's a lot of things that you can just apply and do it straight from your desktop. You don't have to go in person and go set it up with your local bank. Um, and so it's, it really doesn't take that long. Um, so just block out some time in your calendar this week, if you don't have it done and go ahead and get that done. Uh, but moving on into the LLC and sole proprietor. So again, I am not a lawyer. I don't, this is not legal advice, but this is from a, accounting perspective, um, an LLC and a sole proprietor are actually taxed the same way. Um, it goes on something called a schedule C of your personal tax return. However, whenever you, um, file and go to be an LLC, then that protects your personal assets from your business assets. And so we really want to have that set up, um, as well as once you get to a certain point in your business, it's easy to elect to file as an S corp and going, I don't need to go into all of the different like benefits, pros and cons of S corp right now, but you are set up to where once you are making consistent income in your business. And I like to say, once you're about 50,000 of profit, um, and that's sales minus expenses, then it's about time to, um, think about or electing to file as an S corp. So again, it's like, once you have your LLC in place, it protects your personal stuff. Um, but it also, puts a platform and a foundation to where it's easy to just go ahead and elect to be an S corp once that time comes. I love that you brought that up too, because I'm um, just quickly, you guys with what the beginning of what she was saying in terms of them being filed the same way, I think there's a lot of misconceptions with that. And, um, I think the most important thing that you can do is to schedule in with a professional as soon as possible to get the knowledge and the understanding on what's going to be the best fit for you. Um, and how you can start making that transition over now in the network marketing world, this is going to be a little bit different for you guys, but there are still ways for you to be able to, um, build out your own LLC and how, and have your funds running through your business in a specific way. Um, I would make sure you connect with somebody who has the education in the background on it. Um, maybe speak to your CPA or, you know, speak to your legal team on it as well too. But I definitely would recommend learning about this a little bit more for yourself. Cause I know we have a lot of network marketers on here who receive commission checks. And, um, we think that like our business is the network marketing company, but the truth of the matter is your business is whatever comes into your bank account from your network marketing business. So, um, make sure that you're figuring out the best ways that's going to work best for you to, to file. Um, the other question, actually, I wanted to ask you, because obviously we don't have time to go into the pros and cons of all of this. Um, what would you say, you said protecting, having an LLC protects your assets. Do you feel like all businesses that are run on the internet should be LLCs? Or do you feel like it's very much a personal preference? Um, again, I would really look into looking or talking to your lawyer or your CPA and your legal team on this because it's different for everybody. Um, but from my perspective, I would say 
really people should start out with an LLC and go ahead and get that started from the get go. Um, and then, like I said, once you, from like a tax perspective, then once you're ready, you can go into being an S corp. Um, but like I said, an LLC working under your own name as a DBA, that's all tax the same. It's just more on the legal side of the difference of whether you're an LLC or a sole proprietor. Okay, perfect. So really just protecting yourself as much as you possibly can um, and making sure that you have all of your grounds covered so you can set yourself up for having a bulletproof business. Okay. Um, so the next question that we have, what advice do you have for small business owners when it comes to budgeting in their business? Because I know that this can be um, a little bit of a sensitive topic for some people, or sometimes we have these like limiting beliefs. I guess it's kind of going back to what Lorianne was saying at the beginning. It's like, we have these limiting beliefs that will, you know, my, I don't have a lot of money to start. So how am I going to be able to make a lot of money if I don't have anything to begin with? Or I can't, I feel like I can't do this because I don't have this resource. And a lot of it comes down to having the belief in yourself. So would you be able to touch on, you know, the budgeting side of, of the business and how maybe people can make improvements or the best tips for that? Yeah, I think honestly, the, the best tip is to look at it as if the budgeting word kind of like makes you feel icky and you don't want to like really talk about it, just replace that with like projections because really budgeting is projecting what your business is going to bring in and what it's going to go, like what kind of money is going to go out. So kind of look at it as, okay, well, I'm going to project what my business is going to do. Um, and so that way it's kind of like a mindset shift of, um, it's not limiting yourself, but it's allowing yourself to spend money in certain areas. Um, whether you are spending on coaching or you want to invest in a new website or whatever you're doing. Um, but as far as like actually sitting down and looking at your numbers, um, no matter how long you've been in business, you should, or even if you haven't, if you're just starting out, um, you are a little bit, you don't have as much uh, history to look at, but if you've been in business for a month, two months, um, a year, two, five years, whatever, look at the past, like 12 months would kind of be where I would have you look at. Um, if you have been in business less than that, just take it down, um, and look at the average of what your income has been, what your expenses have been, and then kind of build out like a projection. Um, and you can look at, there's a lot, you can just use a spreadsheet, um, or you can write it down. However, whatever makes you feel the best, um, of what your, um, projected income is going to be, but then also what the average is of your past 12 months and kind of like balance that out. Um, and then same with expenses. If you are, um, have recurring subscriptions, put those in there. Um, and then if you're planning on investing in certain areas of your business, kind of key that in and be like, Hey, can I afford to invest in this coach, take this course, whatever it is, key that in and those months that you want to take that and do that. Um, and so it's kind of looking at the history of what your business has done as well as looking at, okay, this is what I'm projecting it to do for the next 12 months. Cause so I kind of like to look at, um, a budget on a 12 month period. So like right now it's be like looking 12 months in the future. Um, but then also every month I review the budget. So I look at and be like, okay, well, what's worked, what did it, um, do I need to readjust, um, my numbers and see where things are going. Um, and then it also with like another tip with budgeting is to kind of block out and time with a meeting with your money. So on your calendar, like actually set in a meeting with yourself, um, to where no one schedules with you, you don't block out or put different tasks that you need to do, but actually make a meeting with your money. Like I just did that. And Thursday, I have a meeting with myself for my own personal, um, business to see just how things are going and reevaluate everything. So kind of block out a meeting. 
I love that. And I do it too. I call it a money date. I just take myself on a little date. We, my, my, um, <laughs> my wine or my fizz cocktail, whatever. I take it over to the couch and we sit down with our like overall, you know, transactions for the month. And we go through and we're like, okay, what did I use? What did I not use? And what's still running off my credit card and what should be canceled and what needs to stay? You guys having a money date for yourself is so powerful. It also helps you take ownership a little bit more over what it is that you're doing. Like there is this weird stigma around talking about money and talking about our finances or discussing things. Like, I don't know why there's this like faux pas in other cultures. I was reading this book by Ken Honda. It's called Happy Money. And he talks a lot about how like, you know, it's so everybody asks each other what they make and how much they make. And here in, I mean, if you're listening in North America, it's not really something that most of us talk about. It's very like sacred. It's very private. It's very personal, which is fine. Um, but I think becoming more familiar with talking about your expenses for yourself will make it easier for you to actually address things that can improve and change. Like she was saying, your mindset towards a lot of what's happening. Like if you have debt to overcome, if you are working towards a, a goal, if you are trying to, you know, increase profit and not just look at revenue, like there's so many different things that you can do, but you have to have these conversations with yourself, especially as a small business owner. Like no one is going to come and sit down with you and say, Hey, let's talk about these expenses, especially if you're a solopreneur, like you have to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, let's do this. Let's go through this as much as this is going to be uncomfortable, or maybe I don't really want to sit down and look at my finances. I'm going to plan to do this at least once a week until it becomes a habit. And then now I can start to take more ownership and also take more, take back control over, you know, what's going on on the financial side of, um, of the business. There's something I did want to ask you really quickly, um, Lorianne, would you be able to explain the difference between revenue and profit for our listeners? Because I think there's this huge misconception that people are like, oh, I made all this money in revenue, but really that doesn't really matter until we focus on the expenses. So would you be able to break that down for us? Yeah. Um, and that's something too, I don't know, like your listeners and whoever's listening to this podcast, what type of people you follow in this, on, like on Instagram, on the online space, because it's something that I really am passionate about is whenever people are, um, posting their numbers on Instagram, on their Instagram stories, as a marketing tactic. I am like 100% for, um, being upfront about numbers and talking about money, because it's something that, like you said, there's a stigma wrapped around. Um, and I don't want people to ever feel like you can't just talk about money or finances. Um, but with that comes those numbers that people are sharing, if they're just solely sharing just a number and you have no other insight to that number, you cannot look at anything or be like, okay, well, they're taking home, say they're, yeah, they hit six figures as a business owner. Well, you have no idea what that number is. It could be six figures in sales, but that sales could also be six figures over a course of five years, or it could be six figures over a course of one year, or it could be six figures in profit. So like you really need to have a good picture of what's happening in someone's business, um, to be able to like validate those numbers that they're sharing. So anyways, End, end of my rant there. Um, but with that being said, um, revenue is something that is, that's all of your sales coming in. So that's just like all of the money of the sales that you've made. Now profit is your sales or revenue minus expenses. And that is like what you're left over after you've paid everybody, what they need be paid, um, and whatever you're, expenses are, um, your profit is what's left over at the end of the day that you, your business has made. So it's really, it's revenue minus expenses is profit. And then of course, as well too, keeping in mind that you need to put some of that 
profit aside for taxes so that you actually are budgeting out or um, putting money aside so that when come tax season, you have a clear idea on how much you know, you're going to owe when you're not stressed running around trying to figure out how you're going to come up with that as well, too. So I think if you want to figure out exactly like the amount of number, the amount of money that you're going to be taking home, I think what she said, revenue minus expenses is going to give you the profit, then also allocate for taxes as well, too. Whatever is left after all of that, that is your take home. And that's usually the number that nobody talks about. Nobody likes to share that one on social media, um, especially if they have high expenses or they're trying to pay off any kind of debt in the company. So just keep that in mind. Comparison is the thief of joy, you guys. And you want to stay in your own lane and stay on track with that and make sure that you're really focusing on how you can increase that number after taxes and that profit after taxes as well, too. Um, moving on to our next question. Um, what are your tips for small business owners when it comes to saving and investing in their business? So say, for example, you know, they, they're starting to realize someone's starting to realize that they have a lot of expenses in their business and they want to be able to outsource, but they just don't know what to let go of or where they should be putting their focus um, uh, and their money towards. What would you say um, is some good advice? Yeah. Um, so with kind of what we were talking about is you have your your revenue minus your expenses and that's your profit. And then it's like, what do you do with the rest of that? Obviously we got to save some for taxes. You pay yourself some money. Um, but then I also like to save a certain percentage to like a business savings or like a rainy day fund. So I actually, um, with my clients, I work with them to have a business savings for just like if unexpected business or like unexpected expenses come up. Um, and then also a like rainy day fund. So like, um, and I guess those would kind of be the same thing, but I look at it as, okay, your rainy day funds for if all of your income stopped at any given point for a few months, you're able to cover expenses. So your business doesn't completely shut down. So that is like your emergency, your last, last little bit that you go to, um, your business savings is for things like, oh, Hey, look, I found a course that I want to take now let's pull from that. Um, so it's kind of looking at, um, what you're going to do with the rest of your profit. Um, I, really like the book called Profit First. So I don't know if you guys have read it. I would advise listening to it. It's a little bit easier to listen to than to read. Um, I don't agree with everything Mike says in there. I don't think it's necessary to have seven different bank accounts. It's overwhelming and confusing. Um, but the idea of, you know what, let's pay ourselves first. Um, and then we can put our expenses out there. Um, and then we have our, like our savings in there. Um, then I, then what am I trying to say? I like his idea basically. Um, so he takes certain percentages of like his income. So, um, let me think, I think he does 25% to taxes, uh, 20%, 20, 25% to expenses and then 50% to profit or something like that. Um, and then there's some, no, that wouldn't be right. Then there's some percentage to savings as well. So it's kind of like taking and looking at your numbers with whatever works for you and being, okay, well, let's pay myself 50%. Let's decide 20% for um, taxes maybe, and then 20% for expenses and 10% for savings. Um, however, whatever works for you, because every business is different. If you're a products-based business, it's different. If you're a service-based business, it's different. So just kind of review um, what would best work for you and tweak it along the way. I really like that you, you brought up what's best for you, because I think that's 
mainly the number one thing we're trying to get across here for you guys. Like you really want to focus on what's going to be the best for you and your business. You're making decisions that are going to be in the best interest of the mission that your business has, right? And what it is that you're creating, like she mentioned, product-based businesses potentially have a lot of a lot more overhead um, compared to online businesses or if you just have an online course that you sell or something like that. So um, I think it's just really important to keep in mind that like every decision that you're going to be making needs to be in the best interest of yourself and your business. And there was another thing I really wanted to touch on quickly here inside of your business, you guys, like, obviously when we have things like finances and money and sales and all of these and projections and like all of these different things that we're thinking about consistently, we can tend to get really overwhelmed. And so I want to remind you to just start taking this process one step at a time. You do not in any way have to have absolutely every single thing figured out before you launch a product or before you make your first sale. Or, you know, like I, I would recommend obviously the legal side of things and the tax side of things need to be um, in place, but like try not to get super stressed or overwhelmed because what can tend to happen is we'll just like immediately start to become inactive or we get paralysis by analysis and we freeze up and we don't start taking continuous action towards what we need to work on. So I would keep that in mind as you're listening to these things, just write them down. Even if you have to pause this episode and go back and listen again to some of the book recommendations, some of the um, tips that she shared, write them down and then start taking them one step at a time. Check them off a list every single day. Try to work at it every single day so that you can start to become more confident when it comes to the finances in your business and also start to you know, gain, gain a little bit more clarity on where you can invest your money and how to manage your money. Um, you cannot manage what you do not measure. So this process I think will be really, really helpful for you. So my last kind of question that I have for you is how can people find you. Obviously we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Instagram, which again, you guys can go click the link in the show notes to listen to, but what would be the best way for people inside of our community to be able to connect with you? Yeah. So Instagram would be the best. Um, I'm on there the most you guys can DM me, message me. And I always am managing my inbox and want to get back to each and every one of you guys. Um, and then on my website, there is, um, our services page and then what it looks like to work with us as well as all the different, um, options that we have at lauriannekunst.com. Uh, my Instagram is lauriannekunst.co. Yay. Amazing. Well, we're so excited. We cannot wait to, um, I can't wait for the community to be able to, you know, work with you. And I just want to say a huge thank you again, Lorianne, for taking time out of your day to be here and to share your insight and all of your education and your knowledge with us. We are um, super grateful. And it goes without saying that you truly are passionate about what you do and you really want to help people. And I think that that's so awesome and, and so cool. So you guys, once again, definitely reach out to her if you have any questions about anything. Um, but nonetheless, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you again next week for episode 17. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay connected with our global network community, check out the links in the show notes.